it's me, Karen Roach, educator, mentor, mom, and a licensed clinical social worker. I am here in the, my hole, as I call it, which is a little nook that I dug out underneath my basement stairs for my own private office, because I don't know about you, but as a mom, as an educator, it's hard to find a place that's quiet and distraction-free. So coming to you from my nook to give you a little introduction into Behavior Decoded, a 4321 blast-off guide into kids' behavior and some interventions. So you might have already figured out that I have a healthy obsession with kids' behavior and how their brains work and the influence of the brain on behavior. All of the information I share with you is based on my clinical experiences and it is informed by renowned researchers. Of course, a lot of this information is also based on the experiences that I have with my own kids as a mom. This is the place where big people come to help little people grow. So to keep it simple, I have set up this introduction in a four, three, two, one blast off method. You will learn four main parts of the brain, three things that influence development, two questions to ask yourself and discover one solution. Blast off at the end is how we will put it all together and put it into good use. So let's take off and start decoding behavior. All right, so the four main parts of the brain. Now this is going to be an overly simplistic description of the brain and how it works and how it influences behavior. You could get a whole degree in neuroscience and behavior, but I'm gonna limit this to just a couple of minutes. So the bottom line is there are four main parts of the brain that you need to know and understand. The brain does develop in a hierarchical and sequential way. So that means from the bottom up and the inside out. So the lowest area of the brain is sensory, then regulation, then relationships up to the highest part of the brain, which is learning. The sensory part of the brain is responsible for taking in all of the external and internal stimuli of your brain, of the environment in order to process it and make sense of it. So what this means is the sensory area of your brain needs to understand and really differentiate what different noises might be, different sights that it's seeing, different smells or tastes and different feels. When we can integrate these external stimuli, we're able to process them and understand what they all are. So for example, we're able to understand when we hear sirens that the sirens are coming from maybe a fire truck or an ambulance. A child that has solid sensory integration can process that siren coming from far away and that it doesn't impact them. Kids that might struggle with sensory integration would hear that siren and immediately maybe put their hands over their ears as they might now feel like they are unsafe. The other part of the sensory area of the brain is to process and understand the internal stimuli. This is being able to differentiate a stomach ache because I'm sick or just my stomach hurts because I'm feeling hungry. When we can understand all this different stimuli and process it and differentiate it properly, we're able to regulate our emotions. So our reactions match the situation. 
when we have solid regulation of our emotions and our behaviors, we can start to form really healthy relationships. At the end of the day, people will interact with other people when their reactions make sense for what's going on. When we have solid, healthy relationships, where we feel like we're in a safe space and the brain can relax so that it can do its best learning. Now, what happens when there are hiccups or something happens along the way? Think of your brain and the connections similar to being connected to the Wi-Fi. When the Wi-Fi is working and you have a solid connection, everything works seamlessly. You can understand language, you can interpret messages. When our brain has these hiccups or is in a state of stress, it's like knocking your brain off of the Wi-Fi. All of a sudden, the connection is glitchy, it's convoluted, you might misunderstand certain words, you might misinterpret the messages that are coming across. So our brain works very similar to a Wi-Fi connection. The more stable it is, the better we're able to understand and interpret all of the messages that are going on around us, which allows us to respond in an expected way. So there are three things that influence the development of the brain. The first is genetics, which yes, we don't have a lot of control over our genes. It is what mom and dad has given us. The second one are attachments and the third is experiences. Now, while we aren't in control of the genes that came from a biological mom and a biological dad, we certainly can control how those genes are turned on and off. And that is with the way that we respond to our environment and the environment that we are a part of. More so are the attachments that we have. In fact, research tells us that kids who even have traumatic or significant adverse backgrounds, if they have healthy, stable attachments, they are more likely to overcome some of the challenges that they have. Attachments with healthy primary caregivers or other adults are a key to a child's success and healthy brain development, as well as the ability to manage emotions and behavior. The third thing is experiences. Sometimes kids will have a, a huge experience, maybe a significant car accident, the death of a loved one, a natural disaster, community violence. These are all big experiences that can impact how the brain develops. But we also have day-to-day -day experiences that can really put a lot of stress and demand on a child in their brain that causes hiccups and influences this development. These day-to-day -day experiences when they put a child into a state of stress, it's like knocking the brain off the Wi-Fi. It gets glitchy and it isn't properly interpreting the messages. These day-to-day -day experiences could be demands at school. It could even be living in a chaotic household, lots of fighting, um, uncertainty in the schedule. And it can even be just living in an environment that kind of matches our world. This hurry up, go, go, go. I'll, I'll be honest and tell you that even myself, I am very much of a taskmaster. And when my kids were little, I often found myself saying, hurry up, we gotta do it, we gotta go, we're gonna be late. And that's so stressful for a child. So it does take a little bit of personal development to fix that and change it. Now, there are two questions that we need to ask ourselves when we think about uh, development. 
When we're seeing a child struggle, we have to ask, is it underdevelopment or atypical development? The difference is in underdevelopment, it is a child who has not been exposed or had the proper experiences. So underdevelopment might occur for a child who doesn't have strong attachments with a primary caregiver or other adult. Whereas a typical development is when the brain starts to form pathways and manifest behaviors based on abnormal or atypical patterns of life. So that hurry up, go, 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 we got to do it. That example would lead to atypical development where a child's system and brain is being stressed because of a consistent atypical stressful pattern that they are experiencing. So through all of this and how complicated it sounds, it boils down to one simple solution. When a kid is dysregulated or having a really hard time, we need to settle, sink, and say. Settle is settling those emotions. We have to help them regulate before we can do anything else. In fact, if you try to talk to them, redirect, reprimand, give new instructions or problem solve, and their emotions are running high, you're just going to sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. They will hear your voice, but they will not be able to understand or comprehend the words that you are saying to them. We must settle first. And settling also includes your emotions. A dysregulated adult will never be able to regulate a dysregulated child. You are like a mirror to the children. So as your stress is up, the stress of the child will go up as well. The second part of our solution is to sync. Get on the same page. Let them know that you are on their team. This might be getting close to them in their proximity, maybe bending down to be at their level, letting them know that you get it and you understand. You're going to be doing this a lot with your body language and facial expressions. Finally, when emotions are settled and we're synced up, we can say the things we need to say. This might be redirecting, providing new instructions, or even just problem solving together. And so finally, we're ready to blast off. This is all great information, but what am I supposed to do with it? Well, the first thing we can do is to provide a safe environment. And this is a simple acronym for structured, accommodating, fun, and engaging. A structured environment is loaded with clear and consistent expectations that lead to clear and consistent consequences. Consequences are really just results. They don't always have to be negative. Accommodating is meeting the child's needs in the moment by understanding where they are and their state which is like mood and attitude. F is for fun, using multi-sensory, interactive, kinesthetic lessons, either actual lessons that you're delivering in lesson planning or through normal everyday interactions. And E is for engaging. We wanna be consistent, positive, and nurturing so that we are a trusted adult with the child and we can offer encouragement and support. A few things to consider as you're ready to blast off is ensuring that any child has one to two trusted adults that are going to be positive and encouraging of them. Remembering that you are a mirror. So wherever you are in your mood and attitude, the child is gonna reflect that right back to you. 
also knowing the state of the child known as their mood and attitude. And remember, we always have to settle first. And finally is dosing. We want to offer a stressor or a demand on the child for about three to five minutes and then pull back for a couple minutes. Continue this cycle, but watch the state. And if at any time you think that you're adding undue stress to the child or you're watching that attitude or behavior escalate, pull back and settle first. Finally, before I let you go, I want to encourage you or invite you to get social with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Karen Roach LCSW. You can also contact me directly with a direct message through social media or send me an email at Karen at KarenRoach.com. Please share this with your friends and get out there and help little people grow.